Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. So our family mission statement is we believe you can be who you want to be. And you could call it something else. You could call it a purpose statement or our, our core belief, but it's kind of our reason for existing, we feel as a family is that's the mission we're on and we will be on throughout our lives is can we really be who we want to be? And I think what influenced that so much when we were thinking about and creating our family brand, which is our mission, our vision, our values, and then the culture we're creating is for Melissa and I, you know, we felt like we struggled with that throughout our lives in our own experience. We struggled to really be who we were. We struggled to be who we wanted to be. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think a lot of people and, and children feel this pressure of you've got to be a certain thing or a certain type of person or a certain way. You should be this. You should be that. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to be that. And I feel like it takes some like courage and, and love and support to be able to maybe overcome all of the shoulds and the supposed tos and say, well, I'm just going to be who I want to be. And that's the mission that I think we'll be on for the rest of our lives. It's the mission that we hope our children are on is that they really can have the courage to be who they want to be. And today we're going to talk about it in a parenting context of how do you, how do you allow your children to be who they want to be and even support them in being who they want to be? Because it's, for me, it's a lot easier to allow my children to be who they want to be when they're who I want them to be. And also I would say this idea of allowing your children to be who they want to be doesn't mean just throw caution to the wind we're still their parent. And if, and if they're being something that is, doesn't align with our family or is dangerous for them, you know, we're going to talk about that, but no one is ever going to be exactly who you want them to be. And I think that's part of just learning to be in a family. And so we've just had some really kind of interesting conversations, some challenges, some opportunities recently within our own family to really practice this idea of not trying to control everything and everyone or every situation around our kids. And I think it's so hard as a parent. I think you parent from either the way you did things or the way you wish, wish you would have done things. And then you put all of this unknowingly. Sometimes you put all of this onto your children. Like they're going to excel here in this way or do this thing. But it's like, are they only going to make it in life if they do it this way? Yes. And I've, it feels like as our kids get older, it's more, con that's more confronting. Like it's easy, easier when we did an episode, I think in September about parenting is like a football game. <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking about the football analogy. Really? It's like when you're calling all the shots, when you're quarterbacking their life, it's, e it's easier. But when they start calling, you have to go listen to this episode to get the context if it's not making sense. But when your kids start calling audibles and start like becoming you know, and you start stepping off the field and becoming um, less involved in those decisions, it's like super confronting. So we have this wonderful opportunity. I'm thinking of another podcast episode we did with Thomas McConkie about a year ago. And he talks about the word 
crisis and how the word crisis is actually opportunity. Did you add anything else to that? Yeah, just that it's not always, doesn't always have to have this negative context to it. And I wouldn't by any means say that we're we're in a crisis, but we have this opportunity to allow one of our children to be who he wants to be. And that's, um, I guess I'll just share really briefly, that's our oldest son, Tate. He's 15, he's a freshman, and he's realizing high school in a traditional like public school setting where he finds himself now isn't what he wants for himself. It's not He's homeschooled a lot and being in public school, he just realizes, hey, there's a lot of things I want to do that being in public school, it doesn't allow me to do as far as like time freedom, freedom to explore passions outside of school, such as he loves to bake sourdough and he loves to do jujitsu and just explore. Now he's late. Recently, he's in the dry aging meats. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a funny kid. He's awesome. But he just feels like, School, honestly, is kind of holding him back. But me being who I am and my experiences, you know, I went to public school growing up and I did all the activities and I got all the good grades and just was this excellent student and felt like, you know, the path for me was going to school and getting good grades and getting those scholarships and then, you know, so on and so forth. That was my path. So I feel like as he's expressing, like, I want to not go to high school anymore. He wants to, you know, he's not quitting education. We're we're working through like, okay, so what does education look like for you? What programs are you going to do? But it's been hard for me to not want to control, control it all. And Chris has been good to remind me like, hey, he's a great kid. Like he's going to do fine. But. My, I'm putting a lot of pressure on him. And what's interesting is I think about that, as you were just saying, you know, it's really important to me when I was growing up to be a really great student, get really great grades, get scholarships. You did all that, go to nursing school. And then, you know, later you've realized in your life, like, oh, nursing school is not, isn't what is aligned with me. And it probably never really was. I mean, there was, you know, you enjoyed it, but it wasn't really, you weren't being who you really wanted to be. It was just more of like a, yeah, this career makes sense for someone who wants to have children stay at home, but still have some type of a career. Yeah. It just made sense in that way. And obviously we parent and live our lives through like our lens. That's a fascinating thing. I think that most of us think everyone sees the world the way we see it and we're shocked when they don't. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, everyone has their own lens, their own context, their own experiences and background that they see things through. And I think in this particular case, it's also for us this balance of, yeah, okay, how do we support Tate and being who he wants to be where, you know, traditional school doesn't align for him and yet still challenge him though, that that doesn't mean that we just are, are quitting school and are just going to hang out all day, every day. So it's that, it's that challenge support, which is another podcast episode we've talked about. So how do we support him being who he wants to be, challenge him to become even more of who he can be and really pursue those things that he's, that he's interested in. So, you know, lately we've had a conversation around, Hey, we want you to have a say in this. We want you to be a creator in your life. So do some research on online school, do some research on homeschool options. Come to us with how will you be spending your time throughout the day? What things will you be doing that are meaningful to you that are useful that you're making progress, you know, set a schedule 
And so I think that's been a little bit confronting for him. So we're just, we're just in it. And some days it's messy and people are frustrated. Some days it's, it's exciting, but. And we're talking about it in the context of like an older child who's making some of these higher stakes decisions, which I think that's the thing that makes it like more scary for me is because I'm like, this is high stakes. This is like things that will impact you the rest of your life. But the same idea of we believe you can be who you want to be. It applies to like younger kids too. For example, what's coming to my mind right now is our seven-year-old, he has this very fluffy mullet. (laughs) (laughs) And he, for some reason, thinks that this mullet is like this hairdo is the coolest, (laughs) coolest thing. Like God's gift to haircut. (laughs) He won't. And you know, if everyone else is getting haircuts, I'll be like, Chip, do you want a haircut? <laughs> like hoping that he'll say Melissa yes. subliminally is always <laughs> planting seeds. And then he goes in for a haircut. He tells the people cutting his hair. He goes, just cut the sides. Don't touch the back. Just cut the sides. <laughs> so the back is like getting so long and fluffy and flowing, but he loves it. And I think this is another example of this is an easy way for me, even though his hairdo is not my choice for him. And because I think he's so cute. He's cute regardless, but I think he looks so good with shorter hair. But he loves the mullet. So I'm like, this is a way for me to allow him to be who he wants to be. And it's not like, does it really impact me or my relationship with him? No. I think if I'm being honest, it's like if we're out and about, it's people judging me about my son's <laughs> mullet. <laughs> but that's awesome. I think he can be who he wants to be. And it is, again, a little confronting for me sometimes, but it's like such a good exercise in it too. That's a really interesting point though. How often do we parent from a place of what people will think about us? Yeah. And we totally lose sight of the the child. I think it happens a lot. I know for me, you know, I want, I want my kids to look good, whatever that means, so that I look good. And I think looking good can just, it can be a useful thing, but I think it can also really get in the way of connection and relationship and really seeing someone. Or I can think of times where, like for me, it's important to look good. Like my appearance, like I like to wear nice clothes and I like to wear clothes that I think look good together. And then, you know, some of our kids don't haven't don't they, have the same. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care. And it's like, okay, he's leaving the house in rainbow checkered shorts and a blue shirt with Halloween socks and a red hat. Like I could make this a huge thing or I can just, well, it can be who he wants to be. Like, and I can say that for any of our kids, like what they choose to wear sometimes. And that's just one example, but I think it's really, I think it's relevant. And I think if I sit for a second, I think about Tate, our older leaving high school. I think there's some of that for me there too. Like, well, what will everyone else think? There's not a lot of people here where we live now that, do alternative education, I guess, in that way. So what will, in fact, we told someone yesterday that Tate's thinking about doing that. And they were like, why? (laughs) Like they just didn't. And they were like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Like it was a sad thing, but it's no, it's what he wants. Anyway. So that's one thing, but I did have this cool experience. I wanted to share that Tate and I, we had this opportunity last weekend to go to, someone was doing a breathing and like meditation. I don't know what you'd call it workshop. And we, so that was on, on last Friday night and we, I had signed up to go. And then at the last minute I was thinking, 
you know what? Tate loves stuff like this. I should ask Tate if he wants to go. He's done when he was little, like he would be seven or eight and we would ask, we, maybe we hadn't seen him for a few minutes and we would ask ourselves, where's Tate? And he would be out in our backyard um, on this little porch thing. Top of the horse stalls. The top of the horse stalls. Yeah. He would have climbed up to the horse stalls and would just be sitting out there like meditating. <laughs> He's just has always loved stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I should invite Tate to to go to this like breathwork circle with me. And we just haven't had the opportunity to do that a lot since we moved to Pima where we live now. There's just, when we were living in Hawaii, there was basically every night, every week for sure, you could find these type of experiences, but they're just not, you just can't find them as much here. So he was just excited. Like, yeah, let's do it. I haven't had the opportunity to do that for a while. So it was actually outside. There's this place. It's kind of cool. They call them red knolls is what they call it. So it was outside, you know, as the sun's going down and and there was this cool like breathwork activity that we did. And part of it is you would, she had you lay down. There's, I don't know, seven or eight of us. We just kind of laid down and she like taught us this breath that she wanted to do. And basically you would breathe this breath for like 20 minutes. And then there was like a 10 minute meditation after, but the breath was like, it was basically two inhales to one exhale. And my, she asked, we talked about our intentions before we went and before we started the breath work, she, um, the facilitator asked us like, what is your intention for being here? And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, oh, my intention, like, I think I could, release some control over, over things in my life that I'm trying to control that aren't necessarily meant for me to control. One of them being Tate and his education. And it was so interesting as, as you, as we were doing it. So we started doing our our like breath work thing and, and I could hear Tate breathing next to me. He was lying next to me and I felt like he was breathing too fast like my rate of inhale was quite a bit slower than his. And in my mind, I'm running things, these things through my head, like he's going to hyperventilate. He needs to slow down. Like she, the facilitator had talked about, you know, if you like hyper oxygenate that you can get some cramps like in your, in your arms and in your body. And I'm like, he's going to start cramping. He needs to slow down. And then I was thinking my next thought was like, what a perfect like opportunity for me to practice releasing control. Like, can I trust him to know what he's doing? Like, can I put my faith in him and, and to know his like abilities and to know his limits and to know like what's best for him? Because I, I like to think I know what's best for him. But in that moment I was like, but I probably actually don't like, who am I to know what's best for him? He, he's the one that knows like what's best for him. And again, like you said at the beginning, like we are here to be parents. I'm not saying like we just release all control and just whatever happens, but yeah. So I don't know. It was just such a cool experience for me to be like, he's got this and maybe he's ready to run faster, run in a different way than I am ready for, but he's got this and I'll, I would only be holding him back if I were to try and be like, slow down or stop. And to prove that point, he told Melissa and I, that he's like, it was one of the most powerful spiritual experiences I've ever had. And he still might've had that, had you been like, slow down or stop, but just you let him be who he wanted to be and you trusted him to trust himself. And he said it was one of the most powerful spiritual experiences he's ever had. And so I think 
it's such a beautiful story because yeah, lots of things like one, I love that you and Tate went and did a breathwork class. Let's just, and that Tate is interested in that at mm-hmm. 15. I think I, I'm, I'm the thought I was having is we talk a lot in family brand about belonging that, that to us is the most important aspect of all of this. Can we really create a culture of belonging in our home where every member of our family feels loved and seen and accepted for who they are as they are? And can we challenge and support each other because everyone wants to feel like they belong. And I'm realizing that one of the components though of that is, is, is allowing people to be who they want to be. It's hard for someone to feel like they belong if they're constantly feel like they need to be something other than who they are. And there may again be times where they're trying to be someone that they think they want to be. And you do see the real danger in that. Right. And it's our job to help with that as well. I think a, a relevant example for me recently is it was with our daughter, Ivy. Ivy has the, like the most, I think just the most beautiful hair. Some of the most beautiful hair I've ever seen on a girl. It's just like long, thick, flowing, naturally curly, mm-hmm. just looks wild, you know? And when we were in Hawaii, it just was like so awesome. It still is. So I just always loved her hair. And the humidity made it like especially <laughs> curly. Yeah, and Ivy doesn't get it because girls and older women are coming up to her all the time being like, oh my gosh, I would do anything for your hair. And Ivy's kind of like, oh, well, it's just my hair, you know? And so when we moved to Pima, Ivy wanted to cut it and straighten it. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like really tempted to be like, you are not allowed to cut your hair and straighten it. And But it was more about me, you know, than her. And it actually, I was like, wow, this is like a big deal for me. Like, and I could have really either not let her, which I don't think was the right decision, or let her and then constantly said something about it, which at times I was tempted to be like, oh, I miss your, which would have just made her feel like, oh, you just don't like me f- for, for who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. So again, it can go from like little things to like the shoes a kid wants to wear to cutting their hair to something big, like making some choices about their education. I also think we haven't talked about it at a, yet, but this is a real challenge. I think as a, as a spouse with your significant other, your partner, like, can I really grant you space to be who you want to be? Or do you need to be a certain way to feel like you have, you know, my approval or that I have your approval. And it's a tricky thing. Again, it's just, it's, it's way easier said than done. Like, Oh yeah, I can, I can allow people to be who they want to be. Cause then we also have this responsibility though, to challenge and support each other. But I like what you said at the end of the day, do we, do we trust each other? Do I trust and, and, and age appropriate, right? Yeah. Do I trust my child? Do I trust my seven-year-old to decide whether or not they want a haircut? Okay. Yeah. I could probably trust that. Do I trust my seven-year-old to make, you know, a lifelong life altering convert, you know, decision at seven? No, <laughs> you know? And, and so just, I think it's appropriate to where they're at in their age. Yeah. So I guess this week, uh, what I'd leave you with is I guess a couple thoughts. Is there something in your life that you realize that you could let go of, like the control of that you're wanting to control, but realize that maybe you realize, I mean, it's time to release control of this. The second thing is, is there something either with your spouse or your child where you realize that you could let them be a little more who they want to be? And I guess maybe those are kind of the same thing, but leave that with you this week. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.